This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to the Judge Jeanine Pirro Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show. And a special shout out as well for those of you joining us via our live stream on the 77 WABC mobile app and on WABCradio.com streaming worldwide. And for those with Alexa smart home speakers, you can tune in as well by simply saying, Alexa, enable the 77 WABC skill. Now, joining us now is a guest that I'm very excited about. He is an American author, a journalist. His books have sold more than 40 million copies worldwide. Please join me in welcoming Mitch Album to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show. Uh, good morning, Mitch. How are you? Uh, good morning, Judge. I'm fine. Thank you. All right. Well, we're delighted that you could join. Uh, you are uh, really an icon. Your books, uh, everything from Tuesdays with Maury, Have a Little Faith, and the novel The Five People You Meet in Heaven, uh, I mean, you are just a master when it comes to these books and true stories, I might add. Uh, how did you get involved in writing these stories that literally hit at the heart of not just Americans but people worldwide? Well, uh, I, I kind of had two careers. Uh, for the first uh, 10, 12 years or so, I was a sports writer and really pretty deep into all of that. And I was on TV and radio and just did sports. And then uh, when I was 37, I uh, re-encountered my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, when I accidentally saw him on TV talking to Ted Koppel about what it was like to die from Lou Gehrig's disease. And I went to visit him once, once turned to twice, twice turned to every Tuesday that he had left in his life. Oh. I ended up writing a little book to pay his medical bills for him about what, you know, what an old man tells a young man when he really realizes he's going to die and, and you know, what's important in life. And I thought I would go back to sports writing, you know, after that. But that little book, uh, which was just written to pay his medical bills, um, <laughs> turned into the most popular memoir of all time and kind of got me more writing into those types of things than sports. Well, it, 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 you had to be stunned to go from sports to, you know, detailing, uh, you know, the memoirs of a man who is, you know, facing death in the face. And certainly Tuesdays with Maury, uh, as you say, is just a blockbuster. It was a mega hit. And so then you went to have a little faith in the five people you meet in heaven. Um, but now your latest book is A Stranger in the Lifeboat. And I just want to, Mitch Album, before I, I talk about this, I want my listeners to know that you and wife have started an orphanage in Port-au-Prince in Haiti and that you operate six other charities, including the first ever 24-hour medical clinic for homeless children in the United States. I mean, you are a real giver. This Did Tuesdays with Maury change your life as well? Yes, it did, Judge. I mean, uh, honestly, I saw Maury one time. Uh, people would come and visit him and they'd want to cheer him up, but he would always end up turning the conversation to them, asking them what their life was like, helping them out. And I said to him one time, I don't get it. You're dying from this terrible disease and all you want to do is help these other people. Why don't you just accept their sympathy and say, let's not talk about your problems. Let's talk about mine. And he said, Mitch, why would I ever take from people like that? Taking 
just makes me feel like I'm dying. Giving makes me feel like I'm living. And I never forgot that. I, I said, wow, if this is how it works when you're dying, that the thing that makes you feel most alive is giving to people, then that must be true all the other days of your life. And I have found, you know, with those charities and with the orphanage, which I'm at every month, it'll be 12 years next month that I'm there every month, and we have 53 beautiful children that we raise there. Wow. And uh, I never feel more alive than when I'm there. Well, you know, with with Tuesdays with Maury, I mean, you had to stop and think about our society. Do we, Mitch Album, do we talk enough in our society about the inevitable, about death, or do we just kind of ignore it and just kind of put people away in hospice and call it a day? What do you think of how yeah. America? Yeah, I, I think Americans uh, uh, shove death to the side, shove older people to the side. We don't want to think about getting older or getting sicker. And then all of a sudden it's forced upon us. Maury used to say, pretend you have a bird on your shoulder every day and and you check with that bird each morning. You say, it's the day, the day I'm going to die. And of course, every morning except one, the bird's going to say no. But on the day that it says yes, have you lived your life expecting that? Have you lived your life, you know, doing the things you wanted to do, realizing that any day that bird could say yes? And most of us don't. Most of us, you know, delay things and put things off. And then all of a sudden we get a bad diagnosis or we realize we're older than we thought. And then it's like, well, wait, 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 wait. I, you know, I haven't done this yet. I haven't done this. Yet. Well, you know, you, you, the life doesn't work like that. So, yeah, no, I that, agree that we put things off. And and then we're shocked, like, oh, no, you know, I have the big C or whatever it might be. Yeah. But, you know, Mitch, a, a friend of mine was in hospice, a very dear friend. And I said to her, I said, Mariana, I said, you know, what would you have done more of if you had more time? And she said to me, I would have laughed more. I didn't laugh enough. Mm, and wow. I kind of, I kind of try every day to think about that. But like, but, but Mitch album, your, your new book is a story about, um, uh, what stranger in a lifeboat. You ponder what we would do if after crying out for divine help, God actually appeared before us. You have a religious right. strain in the books now, your latest stranger in the lifeboat, which I might add. And by the way, to my listeners, Mitch has not asked me to do this. I just believe in this man. He is a very powerful man with a powerful message. The book is Stranger in the Lifeboat. You can get it everywhere. But tell us a little bit about the Stranger in the Lifeboat. So it begins with this uh, one of the richest men in the world has this luxury yacht, and he invites all his famous rich friends on it for a week. And mysteriously during the voyage, it, it explodes, and everybody on the yacht is killed except 10 people who managed to get to a life raft, five of the rich guests and five of the staff members. And they're out in this lifeboat for three days. Nobody is coming for them. They're running out of food. There are sharks in the water. They're crying out for help. And then all of a sudden they see this body floating in the ocean. And they pull it in, and it's this young man, a very nondescript, average-looking guy. And they pepper him with questions, and he doesn't say anything. And finally one of the passengers says, well, thank the Lord we found you. And he says, I am the Lord. And it's what happens from that point forward uh, when, you know, all these people who have been crying out for help, nonetheless, don't believe that this guy is who he says he is because he doesn't look like it. You know, he, and he's thin and he gets hungry and he falls asleep oh. and he gets a, And so it's really kind of a parable about uh, when we call out for help, if it doesn't come exactly the way we want it, do we believe that our prayers aren't being answered? And you have to sort of follow the book to find out what happens. But it was... It was pretty interesting to be able to sort of put words 
in a character who believes that he's God's mouth, because, you know, a lot of the questions that I'm sure you would ask God if God was a guest on your radio show, which, <laughs> by the way, may, may happen uh, sometimes, <laughs> uh, then, you know, I got to ask those questions in the book. Well, and, and Mitch Album, I mean, you, you're always exploring the kind of the essence of God on earth through, through riveting stories that are kind of part equal parts mystery and and parable i mean for a sports writer to kind of to kind of come out at that end is really amazing and you (laughs) repeatedly challenge our understanding of faith uh but even more than that i mean in addition by the way that to the charities in in haiti you've got charities in the united states around detroit uh you you have put into action the money that you've made uh from these incredible parables there are allegories that you've made available to all of us that that you hit a chord in all of us why do you think you hit that chord not just in one book but in all of your books well i I try to address the questions that I've heard people ask me after Tuesdays with Maury, you know, I've met so many people around the world who talk to me about issues that came up in that book and particularly loss, for example. I, I get so many questions about, you know, what are, what's the meaning of loss? Why does this happen? And so in The Stranger in the Lifeboat, for example, there's a moment where the one of the passengers asks this God character. He breaks down. He's missing his wife who died a few years ago. And he says, well, why did she have to die? If you're really God, why did you take her? which is a question that I get asked all the time. And the answer in the book is, well, when people die on earth, the question is always, why did God take them? Maybe a better question would be, why did God give them to us? What Mm -hmm. did we do to deserve their love, their attention, all the memories we made? And he says, "I, I know that you cry for those who die here on earth, but I can assure you they're not crying. And, you know, for me, I know that that would be of comfort to people who have lost people. I know yeah. it because I I lost a child a few years ago, and my wife and I adopted one of our kids from Haiti who had a brain tumor, and she passed away, and I had to battle with that whole thing about, well, how can there be a God in the world who isn't benevolent to, right, to a seven-year-old? But then I began to look at it and say, well, wait a minute. You know, we had her in our lives for a couple of years what did we do to deserve that? We were in our mid-50s. That's way late to get the joy of having a child and being a parent, and yet we were given it. And if you look at it as like we didn't lose a child, we were given one, then you're not as angry and resentful and questioning the, you know, God or the world when things are lost. And I, I thought, well, maybe that'll be of some comfort to other people. So I try to work those kinds of lessons, Judge, into into my stories. Well, that is that is comfort, Mitch Album, and and so you, you kind of take the reader to the celestial realm to seek meaning in in our in our corporal existence. You, I know you're busy, so I'm going to let you go. But I have one more question: In the United States, do you think that that our culture is different from other cultures? In and you know, in what you see, and I, I I'm not intending to be political, and I don't want to be political. Yeah. Um, you know, with the with the resentment that we're getting, you know that that God and I, you know, I believe in in the separation of church and state, but it's almost as though religion is now kind of like older people in the United States pushed <laughs> under the carpet. Are yeah. we different from other countries? Well, I, I can speak to the countries that I spent a lot of time in. And let me say this, Judge. When I'm in Haiti, I'm with 53 children whose entire possessions can fit into a 12-inch by 12-inch cubby. They have Aww. nothing by comparison to Aww. us. They have no Internet, no phones, no social media, no websites. 
celebrate themselves, no TikTok videos, and they are the most faithful and joyous kids. Every night they, they say prayers of thanks to God for what they have and that they're alive and they have food to eat. Now compare that to us. We have everything. You know, there's not a house that doesn't have a television in it, and, 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 and all the things that we don't have are pretty standard here. And yet we seem to be moving away from religion. Yeah. There has to be a lesson in that, right? Uh, when, we, we, when we make things for ourselves and make ourselves the center of the universe and we have everything that we need, we stop to thinking about, well, maybe we've been blessed with this, and we just sort of start to think, well, maybe we deserve it. You know, hey, this is, this is who we are. Yeah. We have all this stuff coming to us. Whereas when you see a culture that has nothing, you see people who are so grateful for anything. So, yeah, I think we are different uh, and not always in the best way. Well, uh, that that is a uh, that that certainly is my sense. And I get, you know, I, sometimes I become very disappointed and it seems that uh, of late, you know, more and more religion is being pushed to the side. And uh, I, I I'm not I, I'm not a person who thinks that it should be everywhere. But, you know, I went I went to Catholic schools, Catholic high schools and all that. I was raised as a Roman Catholic. And it doesn't matter what your religion is. It's that you believe in, in God and a higher power. Right. But, uh, well, you know, it, isn't it, isn't it funny, Judge, how when we are doing well and we're accomplishing everything, we're saying, look at what I've done. But as soon as we get a bad diagnosis, it's like, please, God, take care of this for me. You know, <laughs> God, help me. Uh, you're out in the middle of the ocean. God, help me. Why is it that we only cry out for God when we're in trouble, but when good things happen, we somehow think we're responsible for it? God, that is so true. That is so true. It's like all of a sudden God's in our life when we need help. Like, God, I don't want to have this. I don't want this to be cancer or I don't want to go to jail or I don't whatever it might be. Um, It is. And your books now after Stranger in the Lifeboat, I mean, you're going to continue to write Mitch album. Yep. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes. I hope so. As long as I have fingers and, and ideas, I hope so. All right. Well, Mitch Album, it has really been an honor to talk to you. The, uh, to my listeners, the author of Tuesdays with Maury, the best-selling memoir of all time. I mean, this man puts pen, Mitch Album puts pen to paper, and uh, it's just a number one New York Times bestseller. Uh, the latest, The Stranger uh, in the Lifeboat, and uh, I'm looking forward to whatever comes. And by the way, for all you listeners, Mitch is married to a Janine, J-A-N-I-N-E. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, Mitch, listen, have a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas. God bless. Merry and Christmas thank you. you for what you do to all of us and for all of us. I was speaking about you before the show started uh, with my son's uh, girlfriend, and she said, oh, yeah, I read Tuesdays with Maury in college. Uh-huh. It was a, one of the best books. And, you know, these kids are hip kids, you know. But yeah. you you strike a chord across the generations, Mitch. God bless you, and thank you. Well, God bless you, too. Thank you, and a Merry Christmas to everybody. All right. Thank you, Mitch. All right, everyone, that was Mitch Album, Stranger in the Lifeboat. The man is a, uh, he is a legend, and uh, he is in the middle of uh, writing more books, as we heard. And so up next in the Judge Janine Pirro Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show, we're going to be speaking with New York PD Commissioner Dermot Shea. And we're going to ask you our question of the week and tell you how to participate when the Judge Janine Pirro Tunnel to Towers Sunday Morning Show show returns.